You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Going to be a basketball-heavy edition. The Cougars in action this afternoon as they take on the Pepperdine Waves in Malibu. The rematch from Saturday's showdown in Provo. They are now down in Southern California. We'll examine that game from both perspectives. Mine, as well as that of Asher Lowe. He actually covers the Pepperdine Waves. Funny enough, also a Locked On Podcast Network host. Not covering Pepperdine for the network but covering Wisconsin had a great chat with him about what to expect from this rematch down there in Malibu so we'll get to all of that ahead on today's podcast we'll also get some other news and notes involving BYU athletics women's volleyball in action as well as women's basketball we'll recap how they did in action yesterday today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at bet online as well as built bar love both of those companies we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's podcast in addition to a brand new friend here on the podcast and that is our great friends in home field apparel so a lot to get to and let's waste no more time and break into it here this is the locked on cougars podcast for january 27th 2021 everybody. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast, your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Cannot thank you guys enough for your support. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button if you're brand new to the show. Just finding us. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news, in addition to insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So thank you in advance for your longtime and maybe future support of the show. Getting going here on a Wednesday edition of the show, and BYU basketball is in action this afternoon. Kind of a fascinating tip time. 1 o'clock Mountain Time, 12 o'clock Pacific Time, as BYU has their rematch against Pepperdine down there in Malibu. I'm looking forward to this one, folks. I thought it was a hard-fought win for BYU Saturday night there at the Marriott Center. I thought the Cougars showed that they could win a game that was ugly. That's probably the most appropriate term for that contest, and they won it with their defense. That's been one of the hallmarks of this year's BYU basketball team is their ability to rely on their defensive effort, the stops they can get, the offense they can generate off turnovers, and win basketball games that way. I thought that was a big key to them winning that game over Pepperdine. Today, it's going to be very important for them to rely on that once again as they go on the road here. And just a little bit of a tease, we'll get to my conversation with Asher Lowe from Roll Waves, the Roll Waves podcast covering Pepperdine here in just a moment. But there's an interesting note that Dick Harmon from the Deseret News uh, put in his weekly newsletter, Cougar Insiders, that goes out. If you haven't uh, subscribed to that, I would encourage you guys to do so. Uh, Dick Harmon, as well as Jeff Call and Jay Drew, having some great stuff on that newsletter. But I, I... didn't notice this until Dick pointed it out in his latest newsletter saying the past four wins for BYU and the lopsided scoring from BYU's bench has been an absolute key to them winning those games. So let me run down the numbers here. Uh, BYU's bench, 31 points. San Francisco's bench, 12. BYU's bench, 19. St. Mary's, 15. BYU's bench, 39. Portland, 21. BYU's bench, 18. Pepperdine, 8. 
BYU's bench has been a critical key part of BYU's ability to win games. This is not the most offensively gifted team that we've seen at BYU in the past 10 years. You can think back, what, yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of Jimmer Fredette's just marvelous game against San Diego State at the Marriott Center. You can go back as recently as last year, and BYU's ability to hit threes in bunches was just otherworldly at times. And this year's team, it's not that. I, I think this is a team that they have to fight, scratch, and claw for victories. They're getting different guys stepping up in different games to give them the offensive boost that they need. Let's look back at the Pepperdine game on Saturday. Brandon Averett had one of his finest games, whereas Alex Barcelo, probably one of the most forgettable games he's had in a BYU uniform. He was over from the field. So this is going to be interesting to see how BYU's bench responds as they go on the road now to Firestone Fieldhouse. It's an early game. Uh, I wonder how that might affect BYU in terms of their pregame preparation. The nice part is you get done with it, you can be back in Provo uh, by tonight. That's the good news for BYU basketball. And the only bad news about it is that BYU basketball does not appear to have a game this weekend. And that's the only disappointing part of all of this is the fact that BYU men's basketball, due to San Francisco having to go on pause due to COVID-19, issues. Once again, it's the second time the USF has had to shut things down. Well, that means that BYU's game Saturday afternoon against USF and Provo as of now is of is off. Santa Clara is also another team that had to pause all of their activities due to COVID issues, but their lone game against BYU is not until late next month. So uh, I... You're going to be able to empty the tank here. I know that's a football term that Kalani Sitake likes to talk about with the football program when they have a bye week following a game. He talks about, hey, let's go empty the tank in this game. Go give it everything we got because we got a whole week here where we can recover before our next game. Well, this is the same type of situation that BYU basketball finds themselves in because after you play this game against Pepperdine, well, you don't have another game scheduled until the following Tuesday at San Diego. So this is going to give BYU some extra time to get off their feet uh, figuratively, rest up a little bit, Go get this win over Pepperdine. I think it's a critical win for BYU amidst a pretty light schedule otherwise. I felt like the USF game was a little bit of a one-in question. Obviously, St. Mary's coming to Provo on February 11th is another big one. But Pepperdine, this is a scrappy bunch. You guys that watched that game Saturday night saw how good Lorenzo Romar's team actually is, and they get after it. I really like Colby Ross. I think he is one of the better players in the West Coast Conference that maybe gets overlooked. Kessler Edwards, man, can that kid play? Six foot eight, two hundred pounds. He is the prototypical forward in this day and age of basketball, and can shoot uh, shooting forty percent from beyond the arc. Really, really good player. And BYU's got the work cut out for him today. So. I think that BYU needs to use a similar game plan to what they had Saturday night. Rely on your defense. Try and shut down Kessler Edwards, uh, limit Colby Ross, and just hope that your offense travels to Malibu. Firestone Fieldhouse has been a place where BYU has struggled at times during their membership in the West Coast Conference. It's not exactly the same as the Jenny Craig Pavilion just brings back horror uh, memories for me with regards to BYU playing on the road. But Firestone's been a tough place for BYU to win games. So if I'm BYU... I would take the game plan you had Saturday, and if you can execute it at a higher level and expect a guy like Alex Barcelo will not go over from the field once again, I think BYU's got a decent chance in this game. Well, for more of a perspective on what the Pepperdine Waves are looking at as they try to get back to 500, they are 6-7 and seven entering this matchup against BYU. Well, we're going to talk with Asher Lowe next. He's actually a host of Locked On 
Badgers, which covers the Wisconsin Badgers for the Locked On Podcast Network. But he's a young man who grew up a diehard Pepperdine Waves fan. Really cool backstory. We'll allow him to explain that here in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit today about our good friends at Built Bar. I've talked a lot about these protein bars, but folks, they are the best tasting protein bars out there. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. I've had many protein bars over the years. Some chalky, some very hard to eat, some just have absolutely no flavor. Well, guess what? Built Bar, that's the they're an antithesis of everything else that Built Bar or I mean, not Built Bars. They're the antithesis of every other protein bar out there. Covered 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and the best part absolutely delicious. You will not believe the flavor they pack into these bars. And the best part is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are good for you and they are 100% delicious. Give them an opportunity. You can go to builtbar.com, peruse all of their offerings. They got 18 different flavors, both nut and non-nut flavors. I guarantee you can find some that you will enjoy. And while you're there at builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on for 20% off your next order. Love Built Bars. Cannot encourage you guys enough to give them an opportunity, and I think you will be impressed. So once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself 20% and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Folks, get more out of the sports news you need to know in less time with our brand new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts like yours truly. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, let's bring in now Asher Lowe. He is a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network covering the Wisconsin Badgers for Locked On Badgers, but in addition to that and after my interactions with him I got to know him a little bit well Asher is a huge Pepperdine Waves fan and actually has a podcast that covers it Asher thanks for taking the time how are you sir I'm good. That's a fun introduction. I've done a lot of obviously locked on guest appearances on my friends shows, guys from the network. You know, we all know each other kind of now with the locked on college side. And uh, it's the first time I'll ever get to talk about Pepperdine and probably the only time uh, unless I come back on BYU uh, here on the locked on podcast network. So I'm excited. Well, hey, so long as BYU is in the West Coast Conference, you are now my Pepperdine expert. I can tell you that much. That's, this will be that's, that's, my, that's been my goal here. I just, I just want to be a Pepperdine expert somewhere. That will be that will be a regular thing here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And uh, looking forward to this. But let's start off with this. Obviously, this is a rematch of these two teams who played last Saturday. BYU won in a hard fought game. Uh, finished the game on a run to pull away and make it look a little different. Than I think the game actually played out as. What were your takeaways from the game on Saturday between? the Cougars and the Waves. So I tweeted before that game on my Roll Waves Twitter that the Waves were going to win outright, and I actually believe that. That wasn't full bias. I completely thought we were going to win that game outright, and it's probably crazy for BYU fans to hear. But when you look at the Waves, just I'll, I'll start with this before that specific game. When you look at the Waves record, and you're a BYU fan, and you're, you're getting ready for this Pepperdine game, you see 6-7, and seven, and you see a loss by 28. You're saying to yourself, against Cal State who? Uh, you lost to who by 28? Um, and you're saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to roll the, over these guys. Pepperdine's been, you know, kind of seventh or eighth best in the conference over the last few seasons. They've had a couple really tough years in the last decade. This is going to be another easy game. You kind of fail to get the whole context of what this season's been like. And like so many teams, not only have we dealt with COVID, but uh, before the COVID shutdown that many teams have dealt with, that we dealt with over the last few weeks, we had injuries galore. I mean, the most important pieces to injured that are not Kobe Ross and Kessler Edwards were out. 
in Kenneth Chukwuka and Victor Ohia-Obioha, the two bigs that both started that game against BYU. Both were out. Neither played in that loss to uh, Cal State Bakersfield, for example. And I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly who played when, but Ken has been hurt for a little while. Uh, Vic's been hurt for a little while. And with those two guys gone, this team really has no answers. Also, Kendall Munson was out for the beginning of the year. Robbie Heath wasn't even active until the, uh, the last few weeks. He wasn't cleared by the NCAA. So this is an entirely different team that, that you're seeing and that you saw against BYU over the weekend that you're going to see tomorrow or today on Wednesday when this comes out. But that game against BYU was, to me, the classic example of a team just can't make shots. They're doing a lot of things right, but they just can't make shots. I want to give the BYU defense actually more credit in the second half than the first. I thought the first 20 minutes was, I know I'm Pepperdine biased, so I'm going to focus on them more, was all Pepperdine. Pepperdine should have been winning at halftime. Uh, at least tied. I think Pepperdine should have been up in that game. Uh, I thought the defense was really solid. I actually thought BYU's defense was better in the second half, uh, even though the stats won't show that, than it was in the first half. Pepperdine got a few weird, weird possessions where they, they got three points out of it. That Jade Smith three, uh, where there was like a, some wild sequence that ended up in Jade's hands. Remember that one? Yes. Um, and I'm like, of course, that's the three that goes in. Uh, but I thought the first half was 20 minutes of Pepperdine not being able to make a shot. And sometimes that's as simple uh, as it gets. And then when they came back, Kessler found his rhythm. If Kess isn't, isn't scoring for this team, this team's not going to win games. I mean, it's just as simple as that. He's the guy that needs to go. Uh, and when he found his offense, this team came back, made it close. But obviously, BYU was just kind of up too much. Pepperdine used too much energy to come back. And I think that's why uh, guys like Averett uh, and Lee were able to close it out. So, yeah, I actually, so when I was previewing that game on the Friday edition of the podcast, I, I tried to warn BYU fans that this is a Pepperdine team that belies their record. They were 6-6 six and six going into that game, and I, I'm with you. I, I thought the whole deal with the COVID issues they dealt with, the injuries issues they dealt with, I was like, Lorenzo Romar is a good coach, and he's got a good a good basketball team here. And I was I was trying to express that to people, and I actually had people tweeting at me saying, no, this team, they're not that good. They're 150 in the net, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, guys, they're good. And then in the second half of that game, as Pepperdine started to rally and started to come back in that game, I thought more and more people started realizing, hold on, these guys actually, this is a good team. And the, the dual-headed monster of Kessler Edwards and Colby Ross, they're the headliners for this Pepperdine team, but I'm completely with you. Kenna, is it Chukwuka? Is that, is it? Kenna, yeah, Kenna Chukwuka. Chukwuka, okay. And then also Victor Ohia Obioha. Did I get that one right, yeah, too? two fun names. Yeah, Victor Ohia Obioha. <laughs> Some crazy names there. I thought both of them were fantastic, and I'm also I kind of agree with you on the point that, yeah, the first half it was more of an issue that Pepperdine just couldn't get dialed in Shooting-wise, the second half, BYU kind of relied on their defense to close this game out. So here's my question for you, kind of a long-winded way to get to my question. As they go into this rematch, is there something you feel like Pepperdine's going to do to change the way they attack BYU, or do you think they'll stick with the game plan they had Saturday? I think one thing is going to be very different. I think you're going to see Kessler Edwards looking to drive right away. Uh, he, he was coming off of a game against Pacific where he had a career day. Yeah. He had everything going for him on the outside, 37 points, 11 rebounds, 37 a career high for Kess, but everything was clicking from the perimeter. And this BYU team is a completely different animal. They're better uh, on, just as a team, I feel like they're better defensively than Pacific, but Pacific has more size, kind of physicality than BYU does. Uh, I know Matt Harms is big. He's not necessarily physical. I watched him a lot at Purdue. Uh, Pacific kind of is kind of that grinder defensive team, whereas BYU, I feel like, is more on a string uh, with everyone, everyone kind of buying in and, and, and following a system. 
And that's how they find success. So I think Kess, to find success, and he found it in the second half doing this, will look to drive on some slower BYU bigs because he's going to be faster than anybody guarding him. He may not be bigger. Uh, he may not be able to shoot over them as easily. Right, Shooting over Matt Harms doesn't sound fun, <laughs> yeah. but driving at him and going by him does sound like something Kess is going to be able to do. So I think I'm going to look for Kess driving right away as a big difference. If, if anything else is going to be different to me, I think you need some bench scoring. This isn't an adjustment. It's just Pepperon has to have it. Daryl Polk, Robbie Heath, these guys have to provide some offense, especially Robbie, who is capable, really capable. He was the Division II leading scorer a year ago at Westchester. He's a guy that has a really good mid-range game. I thought he was more of a just kind of a standstill shooter, it felt like, in, in that first meeting, just kind of standing in the corner waiting for Colby to drive, collapse the defense, kick it out to him. That's not really where he's at his best. He's actually at his best with the ball. And against Gonzaga, he had a really nice first half where he was putting it on the deck, getting to the rim, getting fouled, getting to the line. So I think we're going to see Kess driving, and Robbie Heath is more of an on-ball guy in the second game. Okay, so now my question for you is obviously BYU, they've got a varied group of offensive-minded players. You look at guys like, uh, you look at Brandon Averett. He had the best game, I thought, offensively for BYU in that win over Pepperdine on Saturday. Uh, Alex Barcelo actually had one of his worst games of the season against Pepperdine. And you look up front, uh, Matt Harms, you got Richard Harward, etc. How do you think that Pepperdine's going to go about trying to slow down BYU offensively if anything's going to be different? Yeah, I think it's going to be take away the perimeter. And because we have uh, because Pepperdine has, I'm so used to saying we with these guys, man. I know, I know it's like sports media one-on-one, but this is like my okay. fandom. Uh, okay. It's so different. To me. Uh, but, uh, we have guys on the perimeter that are faster and, uh, quicker than most in this, in this conference. Jade said, said Daryl Polk is the quickest freaking guy in the country. If you've watched him run number two comes in off the bench, really short point guard, but he had that running three against Gonzaga yeah. that went viral. He is so fast. So in terms of staying in front of the guards, I think that's where it starts for Pepperdine. Having our perimeter guys stay in front of yours, they're going to get out-rebounded. Pepperdine's going to get out-rebounded. It's just going to happen. That, that's, that's how it's going to go. BYU has the bigger front line, but I think it starts with not letting those perimeter guys collapse the defense and having just staying in front, right, and, and closing out hard as well on guys like Barcelo. And they've read, not bringing the double too much, not overreacting. Uh, if Matt Harms gets his, if Kobe Lee gets his inside, I don't want to see this team just kind of throw the double, stunt a bunch, uh, and leave guys like Barcelo and Averett open, but just staying in front of the perimeter guys and then not overreacting to a couple post buckets, I think is how you win this game. What does Colby Ross mean to the Pepperdine basketball program? I have seen him play for years now, obviously covering BYU as heavily as I do, but he just seems like the heart and soul of that program. Am I right? He's the goat. <laughs> He's the goat. He's the greatest Pepperdine wave of all time. And I'm a little biased because I've watched him and I didn't watch guys like Doug Christie in person who is an, absolute yeah. legend, Dennis Johnson. There, there are a bunch of guys that have come through this program sure. that I didn't get to watch. Right. But in my lifetime, he is undoubtedly the goat. Uh, he has just lifted everyone around him in this program. He works like nobody's business. I mean, his brother is actually a professional trainer and okay. ran him ragged over quarantine. Uh, so he was like working like crazy in Colorado over quarantine. Um, and you can see the improvement uh, from freshman to junior and senior year. And I don't think he's had the year he wants to have. And I think there's some, some reasons behind that that aren't necessarily his fault and some things that he's going to do better as the year progresses as well. But uh, he is the goat. Um, it's as simple as that. 
looking forward to this game. I'm excited for it. Firestone Fieldhouse has traditionally been a place that BYU has struggled in the past to win games. What uh, do you think is going to play out in this game as BYU has a rematch just days after beating Pepperdine? Man, I have some stories about BYU Pepperdine games. And the funniest thing to me about this is, is this. So there's no fans right there tomorrow. Sure. That, you would think, of course, anybody that doesn't know BYU or Pepperdine would automatically think that that hurts Pepperdine as the home team. That's not, that's not true. Uh, that hurts BYU mm-hmm. a lot more than it hurts Pepperdine. That's the harsh reality. Yeah. I'm a Pepperdine fan. I've gone to these games for over 10 years, and it's about 90-10 yeah. in terms of BYU fans, Pepperdine fans. About 90% Cougar in Firestone. It's loud because it's so small. It's like playing um, right in your home arena, except it's about a quarter of the size, yeah. and it's all BYU fans. So it's just packed like a high school gym. It's yeah. packed on top. Um, and man, it's all BYU. So that actually hurts BYU, which is interesting about playing at Firestone. They always have that home crowd. <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of the field house, you, you have right this like tiny little gym that I, I don't think it affects Pepperdine at all when there's fans there are not fans there is because it's never really packed except for the Gonzaga game. But playing at home uh, brings that just sense of, sense of camaraderie, sense of familiarness with everything you do in college basketball. And I think it's going to help the waves in the end, but I think making shots will matter more than anything. And it's easier to make shots in your home gym. It, it usually just is. So Asher, before we go, let's let everybody find out where they can find your work. Obviously you host locked on badgers. If you want to know about the Wisconsin badgers every day, you can follow that podcast. I've actually listened to your podcast a few different times to catch up with Wisconsin. But in addition to that, as we said, you are the world's greatest Pepperdine fan out there. So where can people find your work about the waves? I don't know about greatest, but I'm definitely uh, one of the most committed. I've met some others on Twitter, by the way, that are equally as committed. So okay. I can no longer call myself uh, the absolute most diehard Waves fan. But uh, roll Waves on Twitter at Waves underscore up if you want to know anything about Pepperdine. But I also talk about WCC basketball mm-hmm. basically all week long on that. I, I root for the WCC in the tournament, so I'll be rooting for BYU no matter who you play in the NCAA tournament. I always, that's just my rule. I, I root for Gonzaga. I root for St. Mary's. You probably don't like that, but I, I root for every WCC team in the tournament, so um, I, I watch a ton of WCC basketball, and I just talk about it all there at Waves underscore up. Awesome. Do you think BYU is an NCAA tournament team? I do. Uh, I do, and I think you're going to be, interestingly enough, I'm obviously a Big Ten host on the Lockdown Podcast now where I cover the Big Ten as well, mm-hmm. and you're going to be, it's going to be you or a, a Big Ten team that's won about six games. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see if you get in over a team that has a sub-500 record in the Big Ten. It's going to be like you and Maryland in the bubble, but I think BYU deserves it over some of those bottom feeder Big Ten teams for sure. Asher, can't thank you enough for the time. It was great talking with you. Thank you. There you have it. Asher Lowe, a big thank you to him. You can follow him on Twitter. Thank him for taking the time and follow his work also covering the Wisconsin Badgers. Doing a great job holding down multiple fronts in the media game, but thanks to him for carving out some time to join us here on Locked on Cougars. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out this Wednesday edition of the show, some of the other news and notes involving BYU athletics you guys need to know about before we take off for the day. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag, folks. 
I've talked a lot about this company, but if you want to get off the couch and get in on the action sports betting wise, do it with betonline.ag. They are a sports book that has you covered from every angle, whether you're an NBA fan, college hoops, NHL, Major League Baseball is coming soon. They've got it all for you there. Uh, Super Bowl coming up here in just over a week, obviously. If you want to get in on the action, do it with betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account now, and when you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus, folks. Yeah, Bet Online, they're giving you free money to bet with on their website. All you've got to do is go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account, and once again, use that promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus, courtesy of our good friends over at Bet Online. They are the best of the best when it comes to the sports betting game. Give them a chance. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Are you a fan of awesome gear? I'm talking fan gear, BYU gear and the like. I want to encourage you guys to check out our brand new sponsor, Home Field Apparel, premium collegiate apparel brand that is based in Indianapolis. They have incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel. And the best part is it's vintage college designs. They launched their BYU line last week on January 19th, folks. And I have to tell you what, I got a couple of their shirts in the mail and I am in love. I wore the Fighting Coog shirt. You can go to Home Field Apparel to search out BYU and see their entire run of different BYU branded apparel. I absolutely love this gear. I already owned a couple of home field shirts before this, but now that I've got BYU gear on my hands, man, it is awesome. So give them a shot, folks. The best part is, is home field, they dig through the archives of different schools to find unique logos, mascots, etc., to make thoughtful designs for schools like BYU, and they print those logos on the most comfortable t-shirts and hoodies you'll ever own. Check them out, guys. I can't encourage you enough. I love home field apparel. I am so glad they have got BYU gear now as part of their run. Right now, go to Home Field Apparel. You can use the promo code LOC. Stands for Locked On Cougars. Use the promo code LOC for 15% off your first purchase. Get some of this BYU gear, guys. I know you will not be disappointed. These shirts are super comfortable. Go to Home Field Apparel. Check out the brand new line of BYU gear and use that promo code LOC at checkout. Save yourself 15%. That's Home Field Apparel, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, friends, before we go here on a Wednesday edition of the show, let's run down the other BYU news you need to know about before we take off for the day. Let's start off with BYU women's volleyball. The number 16-ranked team in the country opened their season against Portland at the Child Center in Portland on Tuesday, and BYU took care of business in a three-set sweep. Taylin Ballard-Nixon tied her career high of 14 kills, hitting 393 in the win. She added seven digs and a pair of aces to her stat line. A great showing for her. Great showing for her, excuse me, not here. And also Kate Grimmer, sophomore opposite hitter, also reached double-digit kills with 10 while hitting 348. So congratulations to the women's volleyball program. They'll be back in action today at 1 o'clock, so the same time as BYU men's basketball. The match will be broadcast live on the WCC network. If you want to watch that maybe on a second screen while BYU men's basketball is playing, check out BYUcougars.com for a link to the live stream. Should be a fun one. The women's volleyball program, a little bit lower ranked to start this season, but hey, 
off to a great start with the straight sets win over Portland. Also, women's basketball finally returned to action yesterday. Had a great showing as they beat Pacific 81-60. to A good bounce-back game after nearly two weeks off for the women's basketball program. Really liked seeing that. Uh, Shaylee Gonzalez, 23 points, her second-best scoring output of the season in the, we- in the win. She also added a new career high in stills with six in the victory to go along with seven rebounds and six assists. If you've not watched Shaylee Gonzalez play hoops, folks, you are missing out. She is worth the price of admission and man I, I know that you can't really go to games right now with COVID-19 and the pandemic and whatnot going on but Shaylee Gonzalez if you have an opportunity to watch her play hoops she is just a ton of fun to watch so congratulations to women's basketball on that victory they will be back in action coming up on Saturday they're going to be hosting San Diego at the Marriott Center that game is scheduled to be a televised streamed I guess on the BYU TV app uh, game time is set for 1 o'clock mountain oh, excuse me noon mountain time I was looking at that wrong. Noon Mountain Time, not 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Noon Mountain Time there in Provo. Best of luck to Jeff Judkins and his squad. Good to see them finally back out on the court and winning in dominant fashion. Uh, By the way, the women's basketball program, they're trending towards potentially making the NCAA tournament themselves. How cool would it be to see both the men's and women's basketball programs playing in the postseason? I know there's a lot of talk out there about the postseasons being disrupted, especially conference tournaments. You know what? We're going to stay positive. The NCAA has every intention of hosting the men's and women's uh, basketball programs of the NCAA tournaments because they cannot afford to take another $600 million loss. That's the deficit the NCAA is staring at right now, having not staged both the men's and women's basketball tournament last year. I don't see for a second how they will go without having it happen this year. But hey, the good news is both men's and women's basketball for the Cougars trending in the right direction right now. All right, enjoy the game today with BYU men's basketball. We'll be back with a full recap of that on tomorrow's podcast. We'll also dive back into our debriefings, looking at our position review previews as we continue on with the BYU football program during their offseason. You probably saw them on social media yesterday out there in the snow working out at the student-athlete building. Good to see the Cougars back at work getting ready for this fall. All right, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 27th. 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.